At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Welcome to Meeting Melvins, a pavement podcast. Hey, it's JD here, back for another episode of the old Meeting Malcolmus podcast. Uh, you know, you thought you could get rid of me when I interviewed Steve, but hey, there's more to it than that. You might have seen my Twitter over the last couple of weeks that I've been doing a little roadie overseas to catch the boys in the band, and boy, oh boy, did I have a fucking blast. Uh, I sealed the deal, and I actually met SM uh, officially. I'm going to get into that and a whole bunch more with some of the people that I got to hang out with on what I'm calling the UK round table. That's right. Uh, You're going to hear from the likes of Dan from London, You're going to hear from Tony from Glasgow, and you're going to hear from Richard from Leeds, and and me, unfortunately. You're going to have to listen to me, too. Uh, Regale you with our tales of uh, the the UK tour from Leeds all the way through to London, and uh, I managed to hit six of eight of those shows, and I'm fucking thrilled man it was uh just just a blast to not only uh catch pavement uh and to and to catch up with them but also to catch up with these lovely lads and their cohorts uh it was a great deal of fun and uh, I wish I could uh, win the lotto right now and I could head back out on the road uh, I take my family with me this time because I, I missed them I really missed them, you know, and that's tough. Uh, The boys in the band had their family with them. And again, we'll get into that as we go through this UK roundtable. But before that, why don't we listen to a song from the tour? This comes from The Roundhouse on the 25th of October. This is Stereo on Meeting Malkmus, a pavement podcast.
kisses that I say Tireless, you're so depraved From the cheese we see us way To the camera Took a giant ramrod To raise a demon soul But special thing here on the show something we've never done uh we're doing a round table but this isn't any ordinary round table this is an extraordinary round table full of extraordinary people that i got to share some you know warm beer with and uh and some cold beer as well some guinnesses yeah there was a lot of beer consumed now that i think about it <laughs> but uh one thing we all have in common is our love of, you know, the titular band Pavement. And um, it was a great time had by all, I think, on this tour. And we're going to recap it here all for the next uh, for the next little bit. So, um, Rich, how you doing? I'm good, JD. Lovely to meet you last uh, last week. Yeah, it feels like it feels like a little longer ago, but you know, uh, or it feels like just yesterday rather. Um, but yeah, it was like a full week plus. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, just Manchester. Well, I did I did Leeds and Manchester, of course. Tell me how far days at the Roundhouse were. Oh well, we'll get to the Roundhouse. We'll go. We'll go in order. We'll go in order. But before we do anything. Um, I'd love to know your pavement origin story. Oh, okay. Start with start with me. Right. Well, 
I suppose my gateway into pavement was probably Nirvana. You know, as a kid, I, I liked sort of rock music and all that sort of thing. And when Smells Like Teen Spirit hit, it was like, oh, I actually quite like this. And from that, I sort of ventured. There was a record store close by um, to where I worked. And I would go in there and I'd literally just look through the CDs, looking for band names that I liked and chanced upon Slanted. It had probably been released four months previously, something like that. Bought the CD, took it home, loved it. Um, went back to the store a few days later, got the Watery, oh, Domestic, wow. got the Watery Domestic EP, which is still probably my favourite recording. Um, and then a few days after that, I found the you know the compilation of all the early stuff, the the Westing CD. So that was that was my introduction to the to the band. Loved all of it, and subsequently every album that came out just got bought, played on rotation. <laughs> uh, until 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 the end in in well the the end back then in 1999. Obviously, we now have uh, tours again and and what have you. Um, so yeah, my, the 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 initial journey ended in at the penultimate gig in Manchester. I was I was present for that one, and then wow. uh, and then I've had to wait 23 years to um you know to pick the baton up as it were. <laughs> wow. That's so cool that you got in. You got in right near the beginning and uh, never faltered. But that uh, watery EP, man, that uh, yeah, that slammed at home. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you re you really got the band after that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Dan, how about you? What is your pavement origin story? Hi, JD. Yeah, back with you hey. again. I think it was only yeah. like. Um, five days ago um right. i mean for me uh they the early bits of payment kind of passed me by and it was 1994 i was at somebody's um i was at somebody's house drinking a lot of things and um they had this tape and it was it was a double-sided tape and it was just um gentlemen by afghan wigs on one side and then it was it was crooked rain on the other and uh um, oh wow just crooked rain came on and and that was it you know it's just like you just sort of knew that it was just something amazing and that whole album just i don't know the the, the track listing and the, the vibe on that whole thing is just it's just amazing i think it really just takes you somewhere else and um every time i listen to it now it still takes me back you know it's it's just a fantastic thing um and um i kind of um i, I missed a lot of early stuff uh, a lot of early gigs and things like that. Um, Reading, uh, I was I think I was there in 92 or 93 and um, pavement run, but I didn't see them because I ran back to my tent to have some beans or something. I could kind of hear them <laughs> in the background. So I, I had to wait till the, the first reunion tour. Was that 2012, I think? Um, but uh, yeah, it was at Brixton like Academy. But I, I got tickets, stupidly got tickets for the balcony because I think I was just really nervous about going, you know, really nervous about seeing them. So I didn't think I didn't have that much of a, a, a great time at that gig. Yeah, I think I was a bit overwhelmed, but then it was good to see them in Porto and good for these shows. Yeah. Cool. Tony, how about you? It's really strange. I was at Redden as well. And I know Rich from talking last week. Uh, Rich was at Redden Festival 92 as well. Um, so I went to see a lot of other bands that were playing that day or the whole weekend. Um, and it was my mate Jerry and John 
they took me along and said, oh, come and, come and listen to Pavement. And I think it was John <laughs> that was pushing that. Um, and that was it. The, the, the guitar sound kind of captured me. I was like, that's what I want. That's what I want to listen to. That kind of music, that style of guitar. And then John gave me a, a cassette. So it's it was kind of carbon copy as Dan there, like a cassette of Slanted Enchanted. Um, and I would just listen to that a lot. Then I remember, I don't know if you guys remember a band called Captain America that became Eugenius oh. with Eugene Kelly from the Vaselines. I swapped a Captain America CD for the Watery Domestic CD. Oh, um, and I was like, you win there. A good trade, a good trade. And that was the start of my collection. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's very cool. Oh, man. Um, so we got to experience this band in, in person. Uh, we missed, uh, well, I missed Leeds. I, I initially was going to fly into Leeds. But I wanted to spend an extra day in 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 Scotland, so I flew into Glasgow in, instead, and I missed Leeds. But but Rich, you were there. Um, how how did that show go for you? Leeds was was great. You know, I think I mean we'll come on to it later on when we talk about you know um, things that were you know maybe we'd have liked to have seen. But the instant feeling was one of just. Well, happiness on all sides. You know, I was happy, but the, more importantly, the band looked happy. You know, when I've when I've seen them play in the past, you know, it's whether it's that sort of indie thing, looking at your feet, and we, we you know, we're not, we're, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not here to enjoy ourselves, that sort of thing. But it, it, it was it was playful. The, the sound was great. You know, subsequently hearing that they'd only just flown in, we're all jet lagged to hell. Um, and and Malcolm is calling Leeds his favourite gig, which uh, which obviously. Uh, Quite pleased me, but um, but yeah, the set was the set was great. You know, I was with a I was with um, a friend of mine's brother-in-law, so it was a, I actually got to go to a concert with somebody who liked the music as well, which was a which was a <laughs> first for me because in the past I've always like um, like Dan being either sat up in the balcony as Billy No Mates or tucked away in the corner on the floor just uh, just enjoying the music and not really getting chance to rock out. So um, so yeah, it was a it was a great. Great opener for me, and uh, and yeah, yeah, a really, really lively, fun gig. Yeah, brilliant. Any any highlights? Uh, oh well, I, I'm, I'm anything where Bob does his thing. So unfair.
you know, yeah. he, just such a great, just such a great song, and uh, and the way he, the way he he does it, and he's about the stage, and it just, yeah, he's he's the he's the missing, the secret ingredient to the band's live success. I would say, I I totally agree, and a he's got the best job in the world, you know, like he just sort of picks up and does, like when you see him on stage, and I had a real cool vantage point in London when you see him just sort of wandering around on stage it's it's not wandering it's it's very it's very focused but it's like going from station to station to station you know in one minute he is he is screaming his lungs out and i got to ask him i got to ask him like how he has how he has a a voice after some of these gigs and he told me he's a a, lodge, a, a lozenge uh, addict so there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's holding up a, a package of, well, we call them different things. Here we call them cough candies. What do, what do you call them? Maybe just your, your cough sweets. Would be cough the... sweets. All right. So same, similar idea. In the, in the U.S., they call them, um, oh, gosh, I forget what they call them, but then they shoot you. No, I'm joking. Um, so... Uh, We'll 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 flip to Glasgow, and um, a, a a weird series of events happened in Glasgow. I, I gotta say, uh, I was able to meet Tony and and his crew, and tell them that earlier that day I had walked out of my hotel, and I actually had my first meeting Malcolmus moment where Steve was just sitting on a picnic table outside of my hotel on his phone. And I didn't want to bother him, so I told him so. Um, I just wanted to wish him good luck for the gig, and, um, and but he was more than willing to chat, even though you know he was like, I just basically got up, and uh, uh, you know, but he asked me how I was doing, and you know how my trip had been, and if we were going to go to other gigs, and and um, yeah, he was very affable, so. That was real cool to be able to tell to share that story with Tony and then go to the famous Barrowland. Uh, I but also, and if you remember JD as well, I got a message from my brother. He was out. He wasn't going to pavement. Oh, he was right. out and He was out for dinner, and then he sent me a message of Mark and Malkmus in the kind of Cafe Gandolfi in Glasgow, um, and he'd got a signed menu for me. <laughs> that was um, very cool. And I was like, so JD's met him. My brother's met him. This isn't fair. Unfair. <laughs> but wait, wait, there'll be more to this story. Um, what did you think of the uh, of the show that night at the Barrowland? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I enjoyed the the support band, Pictish Trail. I'd been to see them a couple of weeks before, um, kind of in preparation, and I thought they they rocked like they really loud. Um, the lead singers, fantastic. A lot of character, a lot of personality, and enjoyed the support. And then when the band came on, it was just it was kind of like a joyous reunion celebration, or something kind of magical in the air. I think, yeah. So really enjoyed it, um, and all through the show. And I know the Brian that was there. He was like, "We were waiting for here," because in yeah. the 2010 reunion tour, here supposedly was on the set list, and then there was amp problems. They didn't come on, and they, or they didn't finish the the encore, and we didn't get here last time in Glasgow. And then I think in, I went to Primavera Barcelona. And again, they played 26, 27 songs over two hours, but there was no here. 
And again, I think it was maybe on the set list as a possibility, but then it ran out of time. So wow. I was waiting for here, and then we got that the, as the, the closer for the show. So that was that was a big moment. That was a great moment, because even I was rooting for Brian at that, at that point. And I had just only met him. But it was like, oh my gosh, where is he? I remember looking around, like, where is he? Where is he? Because he had wandered a little bit... Uh, he had wandered a little bit uh, away from us. I don't know whether we were rocking too hard for him or, or not, but uh, <laughs> um, good merch. I, I thought the merch was really good at all the shows as well. Uh, they didn't. I didn't see pennants, but I saw them in London. Uh, but they had cool posters. They had real cool posters that they were uh, selling, and 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 I love that twenty is century pavement fox shirt so much that i had to buy that one even that 35 pounds i i had to i had to buy that I had to have it um so the highlight for you then is here obviously there was also during the set they did summer babe into frontwards like yeah sequence and those two together are, we'll talk about it later like your most pavement track but i would be between those two and they did them back to back so that was that was amazing as well well, let's talk about that right now. Actually, what would you say? What would you say to somebody that you're introducing to Pavement? You know, you have one song to play them. What what song is that going to be, and and why? It it would be frontwards or summer peep. The I could toss a coin and ask me tomorrow. It'll be the other side of the coin. Um, I think just it, it typifies the guitar sound, the vocals. There'll be lyrical hooks that just catch you and you think, what do they mean? But they probably don't mean too much, but they sound amazing. Um, yeah, so yeah. probably frontwards. That that would be that was my pick as well, frontwards. Uh, it, it's got all the hallmarks of, of, of a great pavement track. It's a great guitar sound. I love the lyric. Um, you know, it's 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 sufficiently SME, you know, the lyric. Um, it, it's, it's, and it's just a wonderful song. It, it, I feel like it could be a hit in any, in, in any era, you know, but, uh, but alas, it was, uh, on an EP of a band that was, um, a little too underground, I suppose, you know, to, to really break through. Uh, of course, Summer Babe did break through and, you know, you know, um, but, but frontwards, uh, not, not as much. All right. So then, here's the story. Tony and I decide to wait outside because Tony's got some seven inches to give to Bob. Uh, what were the what were the records? I, so I don't know if you were listening to the Disco Graffiti podcast. I think there was like about six or seven episodes. Um, yeah, Bob yeah. was on a lot of them, um, and they were going through everything from Slay Tracks up to Terror Twilight and everything in between. Um, so it was a great podcast, and it's still there on the Disco Graffiti uh, account. Um, but at different points, he'd said, oh, yeah, I need to look for the, the stereo 7-inch. And then he said, I, I don't have Range Life, which is a bit surprising. But maybe just he wasn't into collecting at the time, um, the same way that Spiral was, for example. But um, So I tweeted him through, a, 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 not a direct message, I think just through Twitter. Um, and he gets back to us because he's very, very accessible on Twitter. He always responds to people. He's, you know, really he's, is. He's really open and so friendly. Um, so I said, oh, I've got some seven inches and he's trying to catch up. So we tried to organize it, but I didn't see him at the venue. 
So we decide to wait outside to see if Bob comes out for a smoke and uh, so Tony can pass these along and we wait and we wait and we wait and we, we don't see him. So we're both a little despondent, but we're, but we're both feeling a little bit high as well because we've just saw a really great show. So the way I tell the story is we go and grab some Mexican takeaway and I feel like Tony feels a little bit responsible for getting me back to my hotel because I don't know where the fuck I am and I'm really drunk. <laughs> so I'm like, well, why don't we just sit and eat in my lobby? Because um, it's set up for, you know, social, you know, settings like that. So we go back and we uh, start eating our, our uh, burrito and chips. <laughs> and then... Tell, tell, tell us what happened after that, Tony. Well, I was kind of putting my back to the door. And I think JD said something just, don't look now, but Malcolmus is there. Malcolmus is outside. He's coming in. I was, uh, and obviously a bit starstruck. But again, he couldn't have been more gracious. And he was tired. I think he, he'd messed up a couple of lyrics or guitar lines on the, on the Glasgow show. You'd have to look really closely to notice because it was so amazing, but um, he missed a, I think he was tired, but he still, you know, said hello, talked about the gig, um, then headed up to his room. Yeah, and from there, it was a parade, because from there, uh, about 10 minutes later, Tony and I are still starstruck, you know, we're barely eating our food at this point, because we're just talking about this moment, and all of a sudden, Rebecca, Mark, and Bob walk in, and uh, we say hi to them. <laughs> we say hi to them, and they give us a bit of time. And I was able to give uh, Bob the records as well. And he he gives Bob the records, and uh, they have a little conversation. Uh, Rebecca was the most shy, I felt. Uh, but Mark was pretty shy as well. They they sort of stood off to the side. They were looking to unwind with a glass of wine. Uh, it had been Mark's birthday the night before in Leeds, so. Um, I guess they just wanted to celebrate, but they weren't serving drinks in this in this area that we were in because the cash register was broken or some some bullshit like that, they they told us. So we couldn't buy them a drink and we really wanted to. Uh, and that became even more important when Steve West and Spiral walk in about 10 minutes later and they both wanted a drink. They They definitely wanted a drink. They sat down with us. In one of my favorite moments of the of the day, uh, they walk in and and Spyro recognized me and Westy had done the power walk to uh, to the elevator, but Spyro stops him and he's like, "Westy, come back, it's JD," and I I just felt so goddamn cool at that moment. Um, I was probably just bursting with uh, bursting with a smile, and uh, they sat down and they probably talked to us for what Tony like a half hour. Yeah, they were they were chilling and relaxing and and eating all just, your chips. <laughs> could and but couldn't get a drink. That was the only thing I wanted. To, I'd love to have bought them a beer. Yeah, me too. But uh, Spiral Spiral uh, helped himself to Tony's chips. <laughs> he looked like he needed some street food as well. So I think he was a bit jealous of our takeaway. So that was just icing on a cake for me. Of all the shows that we saw. That one's going to stand out for me because it was the first first one, 
and all that shit happened in that day that was that was bonkers to me that was just bonkers and it was a great set list and i think what we'll do right now is we'll listen to tony's song uh that he that he chose uh we'll give uh, front words a spin so here it is on meeting malchemist a pavement podcast That's a fucking great song. <laughs> That's just a great song. So Edinburgh was crazy for me because it was because uh, of all the castles and stuff. That was that was far out. Um, but where did we where did we meet there? Just in the pub outside the venue. Is it Shakespeare? Oh, that's right, Shakespeare. That's right. I met you and Brian. That's yeah. I'm getting all fuzzy because before I met you, I met the conundrum 
boys or two of the conundrum boys i met paul and chris at a sports pub well they they met at my hotel and then we walked to a pub to watch the celtic game and uh talk about pavement and talk about their podcast and talk about wrestling so we had a fucking whale of a time over uh several pints of guinness and then i wandered my way back over to meet you and brian and uh we had a couple drinks and uh while we were sitting down having a couple drinks i got a message and it turned out we were going to be going to the after show and uh, I got to tell Tony that, and um, we were sort of gobsmacked. <laughs> that was so. It almost, it almost, in a way, for me, it almost took away from the show because I was so anxious the entire show uh, about meeting them backstage. Like that was going to be otherworldly, and uh, I was ner- I was nervous. Yeah, me too. I didn't know how it was going to work. I thought there would be, I thought the support band would be there. Some of the band might be there. Some might head off. There'd be other kind of road crew, hangers on, other people and so on. But um, yeah, but you can come to that after the show maybe. Because I thought that show was outstanding. The band were just in such a good mood. They were in a great mood. That was the famous one of Bob dancing. um, That did we clip that was on Twitter. Um, there was they did another great set, very different from the night before. Um, Trigger Cup was probably my highlight of the set that night because I they didn't do it in Glasgow. I was waiting for it um, in Edinburgh. Um, so yeah, great set. And then the the end, uh, Fillmore Jive, Malcolm right. started just kind of playing the chords a wee bit. Then says, "Oh, let's introduce the band." And when he said that, he'd done the same at uh, Primavera, and he had he, he that was the intro to Wichita. So I thought, it would, oh, that's which title. But he started to play some chords. Then he went round the band and they were just having a laugh. They were, you know, joking with each other. Everyone was taking a turn of introducing the next person. They oh, just seemed great. like they were having the best time. Like, oh, yeah. Really enjoying all the in-jokes and poking fun at everybody, but laughing at themselves. So it was... And, and all the time, the chords were just going in the background. And then they kicked into an amazing version of Fillmore Jive at the end. And that finished it off. And that was like an amazing, amazing encore. Yeah, I would say that was my highlight. That was my highlight of the show was Fillmore Jive. Um, and and the it, like coupled with the introductions. Uh, it's funny because they did introductions at most shows, but not every show. You know? Um but usually when they did them, they did sort of fun things with them. Uh, like Steve would come up with different names for people or uh, I think he used like rhyming. Didn't he use rhyming in Edinburgh? Wasn't he Absolutely. making them? Yeah. yeah. Ah, I forget, man. <laughs> yeah, I was I was so focused on this this after party thing because I had no idea what it was. And I had got access in Toronto and I didn't go. I didn't even go. So I was, I was, am I going to go? Am I going to do this? Am I going to suck it up? And, uh, Tony held my hand and we went back and, uh, they were again, very gracious and, uh, laid back, super chill. Um, I know really from we when we went in at the start, it was just me, you and the band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a good opportunity to talk to Mark Eibold, who I've never, never spoke spoke with before 
Um, that was really neat. I got to ask him where he ate in Toronto <laughs> because he is a foodie and I wanted to know what he, you know, what he thought of the, of, of the cuisine here. And, uh, uh, he, you know, regaled me with, with stories of that. So that was really cool. Um, Tony was talking to Spiral most of the time, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're comparing our collections and Spiral wins, obviously. Um, but he was telling us about the most kind of the rarest things that he had. Some Fellaheen is an Australian label and they had released kind of miniature sized records at some point. And um, he was telling us how he's got the original plates from the pressing of Slay Tracks, but he doesn't have the cassettes. He thinks they're maybe still in Gary's house. The original cassettes of Slay Tracks he doesn't have, but he would love to get his hands on. Oh man, that would be cool. Like a reissue of Slay Tracks. Oh, so that was, uh, that was, uh, our night in, in Edinburgh and that was a, a freaking great night. By the time we walked out, um, Tony, Tony split first cause he had to go meet Brian. I ended up going for a kebab with Mark and spiral and, um, and that was, again, I felt like I was on another fucking planet. I, that was just the weirdest thing ever. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. It was it was just weird because I was standing there with the two of them and there was this table of people just like me who were like looking at the band and one of them finally got the courage to say, hey guys, uh, we flew all the way from the, the US to see you. And then, you know, they, they uh, got to talk to them for a bit and that was very surreal because if I was in their role, I'd be wondering who the fuck is this third person with with pavement <laughs> um and i got to be that person for a bit so that was that was cool um from there from there we went to manchester and uh i met rich and tony both in a pub we almost missed tony but we but we uh we found him and uh we gathered around uh, a, a small table. I sat in a throne. <laughs> uh, it was this ginormous chair while Tony was stuck on a little stool and and Rich had a, a regular sized chair. It was a, gold, a Goldilocks situation uh, was going on there. Rich, before we get into the show, what is your most pavement-y track? Oh, well, JD, I have been typically obtuse, I suppose, is the, uh, the, the, the way to put it, given, given the band we're talking about. So I've definitely gone left field, oh, and okay. I have gone for sensitive Euroman. Oh wow, that is out of left field. That's totally out of left field. But every time I hear it, and it, funnily enough, it's a track. If there was ever a track that I used to skip past on those reissues, it was that one. And then it just it, I just let it play, and I, I I suddenly got it, and it's 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 again, it's the, it's very. Malkmusy, yeah. Uh, in terms of the lyrics, the the very vague and again use that word obtuse. The guitars chime along and build to a quite a deafening crescendo at the end, and and the, the drums have that you know that typical typical beat that I would that I would say goes with a, a, a with a pavement track. Um, I will give a special mention to another completely left field track, and and it's not not so much the track; it's more the how I feel it was written and built. 
and it's again totally totally off left field and it's Space Ghost Part 2. <laughs> what? <laughs> which which was obviously it was obviously done for I, I think um Space Ghost was a kids TV program in the states I'm guessing. Yeah. You know, we, we 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 didn't get it over here. I think I've seen stuff on on YouTube of the performances and what have you. But that bit particularly just looks like it looks like it was crafted if you like in a jamming session you know it's just if if that took 20 minutes to write i'd be i'd be amazed it probably took 10 and <laughs> and again it just it just adds to that whole shambolic side of the band you know that um you know that they just just run with things sometimes and i just i just think it's yeah if i if i was going to play two songs to a complete pavement virgin that's that's where i'd go now whether they'd, whether they'd like the band after that that's uh who knows? Because this this is all horribly select um, subjective. <laughs> oh, of of course it is, but it's like I I almost feel like if if you put the thought and the care into selecting those tracks for somebody and they didn't like it, then shame on them. They're missing out. You know? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably um, yeah, I'd probably wind my neck in and then pick two more sensible ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's great. Uh, what? So let's uh, we'll get Tony back on here and um, t- talk us through this show, guys. Well, How I was I was watching you? that from upstairs. Oh, so that's right. The, that's right. We all tried to go down the seating area. Downstairs. But uh, and then I didn't think I would get you downstairs, so I watched it from the seated area up top. That was a, so that was different, but it was it was enjoyable as well because you got to see. I don't know the, the crowd response more. I think. And the crowd was really pogo sticking. Like, I mean, they they were really leaping up and down. Despite, for me, up until this point, uh, this is the third show. I thought it was a more subdued show, not in a bad way, but I mean, they opened with, if I'm not mistaken, they opened with major leagues, right? Yeah, that's right. So right off the bat, you're setting the tone. You're sort of saying that this is going to be a little a little different show. This is going to be you know, a, a different vibe, but man, when they, when they played the rockers, people were rocking. <laughs> so I don't know. There was a, there was a review on Twitter or Facebook where somebody eviscerated this show. And, uh, I, I'm here to say that I thought the show was fantastic. Like I, I thought it was great, but it would have been a, it would have been a cool show to be sitting for because it was different. Like it was, it it just had a different vibe than than Glasgow and Edinburgh for sure. Uh, what was your impression, Rich? Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with what you say. It was, it was definitely more muted than than Leeds had been, but in a in a good way. I'm certain, that's certainly not a criticism. Starting off with major leagues really seemed to sort of set the tone, and on it went from there. Um, the venue was fantastic, Manchester Apollo. I think one of the best venues in the country. Um, the floor slopes right up to the back, so even if you're at the back, you've got a cracking view of the of the stage. Um, yeah, the balcony. Yeah, Tony Hill have got a great view up there, and it's it's just a, a really old traditional venue, which uh, which sadly there aren't too many left of in the UK. So if you're going to pick somewhere to see pavement, yeah, the perfect the perfect spot. But, um, but yeah, the band the band were great. Again, everything was was light hearted. There's there's no egos anymore. I think I think that's um, a good way of putting it. You know, the band. You know, they're, they're happy playing. They're happy together. 
and it was in, it, it was interesting to see later as well that they're, they're actually touring with the families as well. You know, they've brought the kids over, and yeah, I think that all, I think that all adds to that that happy place where they're playing from. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Tony, what was the highlight for you that night? Um, that one's harder to pin down. The Kennel District is, I think I tweeted, that's become my new favourite uh, show. Not so I'm looking at the wrong column. I've got the spreadsheet with all the tour dates. No, yeah, yeah, Ken, Ken, yeah, yeah, Oh, no, that was, yeah, Lin, uh, feed them to the Linden Lions. Oh, yeah. That was a new one for me. That, that was of the with Primavera, Glasgow and Edinburgh. That had frontwards, I think, was the only... Uh, watery song. Watery. So then to get another one from Watery was that was good. And Kennel District, because you know, Scott was just so cool to hang out with and chat to. So then to hear some of his top songs, Date of IKEA and Kennel District over the few nights. I, I really enjoyed those. Incidentally, and this will give away when we're recording this, did you see that last night they opened in Copenhagen with Date with IKEA? No, I, I didn't was, see the set. List. I was shocked. Like, like that's the first time I think they've opened with a Scott song since probably the '90s. Sometimes, you know, um, very wild. In two states, I think there's been every night. I think that's the pretty much. There's, seems there's to be. only a few songs. Harness your hopes. I think is every night for the TikTok generation, <laughs> um, and yeah. and two states. I think seems to be every night. Range life quite a lot, but it's so hard to predict any set list. Yeah, so I don't know what, what system Bob has, um, but it's Bob that's doing the set list, and then he's basically running it past the guys and, you know, making tweaks as they go. And then, of course, they're making, they make changes on the stage sometimes, too. Um, I mean, JJ, look at the encore. Grave architecture, followed by Silent Kid, Father to a Sister of Thought, Cut Your Hair, and Witchy Taito, which I hadn't heard before, so that was, that was interesting. Oh, so good. That's a great encore. We should uh we should listen to one of those songs right now. Which one do you want to hear? Silent, Silent Kid. Kid. All right, let's go. This is Silent Kid, hopefully from uh the Manchester show, if I can find it, on Medium Alchemist, a pavement podcast.
right, Dan, you're up. All right, the microphone is back on. Excellent, because we uh, from here, I, I I bid adieu to Tony, who was sticking around in Manchester for a couple of days. Did you end up going to see the football match? No, we didn't go. We you didn't. It'd been awful late for the the family to get back on gotcha. the, the Saturday night. Um, but we went to Old Trafford just to have a wee look around the stadium, and my wee boy enjoyed that. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and I uh, we ended up uh, kicking off the night with <laughs> we stopped at a at a bar that looked like it was a, a friendly establishment, and it was friendly, but it was a karaoke bar, and uh, we got to do a little uh, karaokeing and uh, more beer drinking. So that was cool. Before I before I uh, traveled off to Liverpool to hang out with my good friend's cousin and get a Beatles tour. And then I took a bus from Liverpool to uh, to London, so I got to see you know. Uh, well, it was on the motorway, so it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't great views or vistas, but uh, I got to see a lot of the country um, <laughs> driving in a bus because it was about a six hour ride, uh, and that's where I connected with Dan, and um, we ended up having a wicked few days together. But well, we started out with the with the London that that first London well no the second London show we missed the first London show and we went to the uh, second London show which was Sunday night and um, what were you thinking Dan? Uh, I mean the first night again it is you know it was it was raining so badly as well so the start of the night you know didn't go too well so we were we were dodging the rain and. Uh, yeah, you know, we got to the pub and we 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 got in there and it was um it was it was a good gig, but it was uh it was just disrupted by a guy that um kept talking about 1992 and how much better they were then. And I forgot I, about him. Yeah, I had to leave before he got punched. So if if you were that guy that was standing next to me at the back. I don't. I don't understand where you were going with that. It was. It was just going around in circles. It was just. I think he was going to go through the floor with that eventually. Yeah, spiraling downwards. It was terrible. We had to get away before violence happened. Yeah. I think he just wanted happen. to tell you he was there in. I, I think he just wanted to tell you he was there in '92. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's trying to be a yeah, cool guy. And, and he did about. He did about eight times before I said, "I, I get that," and I get how you appreciate they might have been better to you but i'd like to i like to listen you know don't want to miss this yeah yeah because at this point we didn't have tickets to any other shows we were going to be hanging out we were just going to be hanging out in london um yeah but as 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 luck would have it we ended up getting into the next two shows and we'll talk about that in a minute but i want to know what your highlights were from that first show um it's all a bit of a blur, really. The first show, um, I mean, it was uh, it was it was good. Sort of getting in and them starting with grounded because that's always fantastic. Um, but um, I don't remember that much else about it. I can't remember that much of the set list. But I, I do remember that when we went out for a break and we went to the uh, to the the outside bar for the first time, we we bumped into Stuart Lee, the comedian, who was not happy because he'd broken his ankle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You were going to introduce me to him, and then we thought the better of it. 
yeah, he didn't look too uh, he, he didn't look too receptive to meeting new people. He was, he was struggling to get through a door with his drink. Right. I'm trying to pull up the set list right now. It was uh, hold on, hold please. Um, there it is. So they opened with uh, our singer. Okay. That that night they opened with they opened with grounded the next night, but they opened with our singer stereo, then frontwards, and then they played cream of gold, which they haven't played very much on this tour. But um, I don't know. It was we got debris slide that night. We got shoot the singer from watery. Uh, we got a nice encore. Uh, we ended with Fillmore Jive again, so that was really great um, for me. And I love Father to a Sister of Thought, and they played that as well, leading into the encore. Yeah. So that was that was just fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Uh, I'm so erudite, you know. <laughs> fucking awesome, man. <laughs> um. From there, we went to a pub afterwards, and it was a very friendly pub because they were playing pavement inside, uh, which was which was really great. And um, yeah, that was just a, a, a great night, a great night. From there, I ended up finding out that we got uh, special seats for the next two gigs, and it meant that we were going to London 3 and London 4. And... Um, London three, as, as Dan mentioned, opened with grounded. And, uh, the special thing about London three was we were in the roundhouse. We were in the side stage in an, in a, I'll call it a VIP booth, but I hate, I hate saying that cause we weren't, we weren't very important. We were just regular Joe's up there. Um, and it was pretty empty except for Steven's daughter was up there cheering her father on like mad she was just go daddy go go daddy go and you know he would look over his shoulder a little bit and um uh you know give her the thumbs up and when they walked off stage they walked off stage arm in arm uh that was really special like uh malcolmus is an enigma and to see him have that really human moment you know really sealed the deal just like yesterday i was on twitter and there was a picture of him in copenhagen with mark and bob and another gentleman who i didn't know and then the second picture is just bob and steven and that same gentleman and steven is smiling and i don't think i've ever seen him smile before like like a legit full-on shit-eating grin you know, and it was so cool to see. Um, we got painted soldiers that night. We got fame thrower. Uh, we got conduit for sale. So they went, you know, they went into Wowie a little bit. Of course, we got yeah, harness we, your hopes. We we got motion suggest itself, which was insane. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then we they ended the night with Wichita Toe. Um, which you know, to me, I thought I had, I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I had it figured out that they sort of played that song when they were, you know, um, done in an area, you know. Uh, but that's not the not the case. So they can just throw it out whenever they need to. Um, any other highlights for you from that night, Dan? 
Uh, well, I mean, it was it was an offbeat set list, and it was just um, it was just fantastic being being up there with with uh, yeah, Mountainous's daughter and this amazing vantage point. I say, looking down on Bob from the side. And seeing him do his thing was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that just really just enhanced everything when you can see Bob going for it, really going for it. Fantastic. And then the backstage area was really cool because it was on like this staircase that was outside. Um, and I had a nice conversation with, um, with Steve West's wife and with Spiral's wife. I didn't really talk to much of the band that night. I talked to Steve a little bit, Steve West a little bit, and I saw Malcolmus with the birthday cake. They had a big birthday cake for his daughter backstage. Um, we met some cool people from Domino Records. Uh, or they used to work for Domino Records. They don't anymore. Um, they were they were very nice. Uh, what what else? Anything else? I I got to catch up with Remco. Oh right. And, um, I got to have that. Yeah had that conversation with Steve West about why detectorists was his favorite TV show. Oh, right. Which is good. Well, that <laughs> I don't know. Taste. Yeah. Very good. You need to catch that if you can, JD. Uh, my list is so long of stuff that I have to have to watch. It's, it's unreal. Um, but I'll add it to the list. I'll, I'll certainly add it to the list. The cool. One of the cool moments for me that night was Bob, whisking through the crowd to 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 leave and uh he shakes dan's hand and he says um hey are you coming tomorrow night and dan's like no we don't have tickets and bob's like i'll set you up <laughs> just like that <laughs> just like just like they're old friends and uh sure enough bob came through and and set him up so that leads to london four where there was now four of us. We had Emery from the Pavement Conundrum join me with my extra ticket. And we had uh, we had Dan's friend um, Jess join him. So there we were uh, we were a foursome. And uh, we went up to this VIP area again. This night, however, it was fucking rammed up there. It was rammed full of people, including Nigel Godrich. This time there were real famous people there was nigel godrich there was thurston moore and there was a bunch of other people who i don't know but i'm sure dan knows because he knows more than me <laughs> yeah there was there was um deb gooch out of my bloody valentine and um with with her was um uh brick smith uh so x4 wow and um brick smith became my um impromptu drinks bodyguard at the bar which was amazing <laughs> uh going back for a second i want to ask you what your most pavement tea song is it's it's really difficult to define i mean i don't know i mean you can look at all the elements that make up a pavement song and there's some there's some ones that are always there and then there's some shifting changing things that aren't necessarily there particularly with, with different lineups I mean, you know, I love stuff like um, Stop Breathing, uh, Grounded. I absolutely love Blackout, uh, Shoot the Singer, uh, Gold Sounds. But um, I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm hankering towards, like, in a weird way, Texas Never Whispers. 
it's always going to be an offbeat choice, but it's 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 just fantastic. It's just got it's just got everything, you know. Yeah. Um, it's got fuzz at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Really melodic though. Yeah. Well, yeah, great lyrics, absolutely great lyrics. Well, overall, I think my trip was a massive success. I don't think it was. I don't think I could have ever, if I had written down uh, before I left, like my absolute dream wish. You know, uh, I don't think I would have come close to what actually happened, and it, it all happened so randomly and so strangely. And I'm so glad I got to share it with you guys. Um, it was a lot of fun. And I hope we all stay in touch and in, in contact. Uh, and I hope, I hope to be able to come back soon because I really fell in love with your countries, um, you know, and your cities and, uh, and, and, and you all. Like, I mean, it, it, it was a real great time. So thank you so much for being so hospitable and, and, um, and kind and you know wanting to meet up in the first place you're you're, you're welcome jd and you're welcome anytime uh when you come over you don't need a hotel around here you stay stay hours <laughs> oh thank you so much so any any last last words from anybody here i'm trying to think what i wrote down um no I'll just echo just what I said there always welcome in glasgow jd um, and just I, I had a great week. I, was, like, I couldn't have planned at the start of the week. I'd been done all the stuff that I got to do and meet the people I got to meet. I mean, it's all just kind of by chance, like through That's Twitter, right. getting in touch, just making connections. It was fantastic. Yeah. So really pleased to meet you. Thank you. Well, not, 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 not quite in your guys' leagues, but I did get a hug off Bob, so I was very pleased about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one thing we we were supposed to be on a, a list in in um, Manchester, but the band was going straight through to London, so they uh, we missed that part of the story. But they but yeah. you did get we, to we say hi to them. The we caught them by the bus, and he liked my t-shirt, so that's that's my uh, that's um, that t-shirt isn't getting thrown away now. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Any final thoughts, Dan? It's just a great experience. I mean, we, we went over to um, Primavera in Porto and um, we, we didn't get to see anyone. We saw a great gig and we had a good meet-up. But, um, yeah, it, it would have been nice to have been able to bump into someone, but they were just so, so busy. So this more than made up for it. You know, three gigs in a row. Unbelievable. Yeah, totally unbelievable. Like, I'm so... Uh, yeah, I feel so fortunate. I feel so fortunate that I, that I decided to bite the bullet and go, uh, went broke doing it, but, um, you know, <laughs> it's totally worth it. Uh, and like, those, hope, that those two pints that you were drinking at Manchester's day, day, day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we don't have anything like that here. I'll tell you that there we're very puritanical, you know, one pint is, is is all you get but uh you guys know how to drink that's for sure <laughs> you taught me a, you taught me some lessons um just a serious question when when do we think when do we think they'll tour again that's what i was just gonna say that's what i was just gonna ask you guys do you think this is the end 
if it is, if it is the end, I think um, we went out on a bang, right? You know, but but what do you think? I think I think we'll the... go. I think we'll go again another two or three years, and I'm I'm not saying that from a financial point of view because obviously it is reasonably lucrative hitting the road and playing gigs. I just I just think that as we as we started the the, the discussion that. They're just having so much fun doing it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, agreed. And you know, it's it's just almost the almost the perfect job from Maltmus looks just so different on stage to, to how he used to. He's relishing it almost, you know. He, and he un- he's almost at peace with that back catalogue as well. Seems you know, like it, doesn't it? He spent so long trying to carve the Jigs career. Which is equally brilliant, but different. And I think he always resented the the fact that those pavement songs always got the most attention. But I think he's I think he's reconciled himself to that now. And uh, whether it's a mellowing with age, it comes to us all. But uh, but yeah, he's, he's he's just enjoying playing that back catalogue. What more can you say? How about <laughs> you, Tony? Fall in, fall in line, and it's it's perfect. So it'd be sad if, if there were the last gigs, but if there were, they went out with a bang. Yeah. How about you, Tony? I think when you look back at Malcolm's three albums that came out kind of over three years, I think it was, um, you're know, finishing off with traditional techniques that he's not toured. I, I, was, I think he might still want to tour with that. Groove denied that he toured in really small venues. Um, and then the yeah, last Jicks album, Sparkle Heart. Sparkle Heart. Which is possibly the best Jicks album. I, I just think he's he's so creative that he probably wants to move on to something new. But I also think Pavement are a big name. You know, they, they never, they're probably more famous now than they were back in the 90s. So the way they headlined Primavera, I think they could maybe meet, you know, plan next summer or the summer after or the summer after to do you know, a bunch of big festivals, US, North America or Europe, I'm not sure. Um, so, so I, I don't think that's the last time they'll play. Um, Ooh, I, I like. Don't know I, I, I like this. I don't know if we'll see that same kind of tour again. Just you know, age, families, right. but also I think I think Malmus will go and uh, keep on his solo stuff too. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. How about you, Dan? Uh, again, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's easier to have um no or low expectations and if it happens it happens you know that's that's the way i always deal with things um you know isn't it at the end of the uh watery domestic with the last two words you know like don't expect don't expect so that's what i go with um but i can imagine hopefully maybe like yeah in another eight ten years i i, I don't know i don't see it being sort of soon I think these things just require another natural sort of build up again. So who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering what the next thing that's going to be kind of reissued, you know, I mean, there hasn't really been any proper like live stuff reissued or anything has there. So, I mean, Zurich is stained was amazing live and it always has been such a different track to the actual uh, slanted version. It'd be amazing to have a live version of that on uh, vinyl. Yeah. I hadn't even thought I don't know if you that follow- would be cool. No, go ahead, Tony. Sorry, GD. I don't know if you all listened to the six music session that they did. 
I haven't looked at the They were talking a wee bit about the film. So they've, they've been filmed at different points on the tour. They were filming at the museum in New York. Um, and they are making a film. So they kind of they announced that. And um, So I don't know when that will be or how that will be released or whatever. But that's that's going to be it. There's going to be a pavement film. Wow. So we get some we get some content regardless. Yeah. In true pavement fashion, I think they said look out for it. It's uh, summer 25. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, I think that was Bob's line on the uh, on the, on the um, podcast. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, it's been great to talk to you. Um, stick around after I say goodbye, but uh, it's been great to talk to you and... Um, and we'll see you real soon. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. All right. Blown. That was Perfume V live from the Barrowland in Scotland. Uh, before that, we heard Silent Kid from the Roundhouse, the October 23rd show, which was the Sunday. Prior to that, we heard Front Words from the Barrowland. Uh, unfair, I couldn't find a Euro version of it or a UK version of it, so I played you a version from Brooklyn. Uh, that is the October 2nd show. And then we kicked everything off with a stereo from the roundhouse on October 25th. So that's what I got for you this week. I do want to apologize for the audio quality, uh, of some of that, uh, interview. The clips were a little all over the place. Um, you know, that's how it goes sometimes when you're, uh, 
when you're a lo-fi podcast. <laughs> um, but that's what I got for you. i uh, really uh, just delighted with the way things turned out and um, can't wait to do it again someday. Hopefully we get the chance. If you've got any questions or concerns or comments, please shoot me an email, jd at mediumalchemist.com. Would love to hear from you. Uh, I'll pop in again sometime before the holiday. Uh, might have a nice surprise for you all, but we'll have to wait and see if that all pans out. In the meantime, wash your goddamn hands. Meeting Malcolm's is a weekly affair and is a production of Duver Podcasts and Such. Rate, review, share, and sponsor at meetingmalchemist.com. Connect with JD at JD at meetingmalchemist.com. And hey, I'm social. Follow me everywhere at Meeting Malchemist. Duvra! Podcasts and such. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.